Hello and welcome to Silent Cast. Myself, Ollie and Glenn. Hi, Glenn. How are you doing? I'm right, Ollie. How are you, mate? I'm good, thank you. I'm good. So, um, this podcast we will be covering um, the way defeat to MK Dons. Um, and yeah, so I didn't go to the game. I was away in Dartmouth for a week. So obviously last week we recorded the pod. I was in Dartmouth um, and I couldn't make this one. I was on my way back from Devon. Um, listened to, but I was fortunately, um, I did pick up um, the radio um, when I got to Cheltenham. Okay. It does surprise you how far FM, Shropshire FM does go. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I picked up just as the game was kicking off. So I did listen, but um, yes, be interesting to get your view on the game, Glyn. So one thing I just want to kind of mention, I don't really get into the big thing about the franchise thing and stuff but I was chatting to my girlfriend on the way up and she wasn't that familiar with the story so I was explaining to her (laughs) what happened and stuff and in a bit more detail so she knew she knew they'd moved and stuff yeah but when are they going to get rid of the Dons bit why can't they just be called Milton Keynes United or Milton Keynes FC um, I think it would be a lot better if they just got rid of that Dons bit. I don't know what your view on that is. Yeah, they, they gave the history back to Wimbledon a while back, didn't they? So for a yeah. while they tried to have the, the sort of cup victory and, and the history of it, and they gave that back. But quite well, they've not given up the name is beyond me. You know, you've, we played AFC Wimbledon the week before, didn't we? And, you know, to everyone who, yeah. who knows anything about football, they're the real Wimbledon. So I don't know why they don't give it up, because there's, there's absolutely nothing about that football club that screams the heritage and traditions of, of, of Wimbledon. It streams the, no. the new modern approach of a, of a town like Milton Keynes. And uh, I I mean, I can go over what the experience of following the game there was like later on when we talk about the match, but it's it's quite a yep. soulless place. You know, it's, it is literally like Milton Keynes. It's in the middle of a retail park with a load of restaurants by it. And fair enough, at least there's something to do there before the game. But it is, it's quite a, a stilted uh, experience going to it. But yeah, I mean, they should just drop it, shouldn't they, and change their name. But it depends on what the rules yeah. are. I don't know whether they're even allowed to do that anymore, how much you can change your name. Interesting that we talking about name changes. I know we're going off a bit of a tangent here, but I think I was reading something about, you know, some of the clubs that have folded... Um, and have come back as like I think it's AFC Telford, isn't it? It used to be Telford United. There's yeah, been a cha- and, and, a, and AFC Chester and stuff like that. There's been a relaxation in the rules now, so that these clubs can apply to have their old names back. So that's quite an interesting change as well. Oh, so okay. if the if the old clubs that have refolded have, have done that, then maybe it doesn't stop Milton Keynes doing it. But yeah, interesting interesting point to start with. Ollie. not something I'd really thought about, but they should really they should really move on from it all now because everybody else has, I suppose, haven't they? So I didn't give them any money, Ollie. Yep. So I still don't, you know, I still think that they're a bit of a franchise club and all that. So I didn't put any money into their coffers other than the ticket. So I feel. I'm <laughs> took the moral high ground but yeah it was it was it was an interesting day I, I say I, it, we've got some audio to play from my day out there but I took the little lad down this week and we didn't leave till 12 o'clock and it's only two hours to Milton Keynes it's quite a good trip for us you know because we don't have that many local games left do we anymore Ollie so um two hours mm-hmm. to Milton Keynes is not too bad and, and we had a good day out there and caught up with a few old friends and obviously then yeah we had we had the football so um it, yeah it was a, it was an interesting day one of the one of the people I did catch up with Ollie is someone that I think you 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 sort of know through other means but um a, a guy called Matt Peslock who um used to play for the away sporters with us for for a few years and he actually ran from his house in Northampton to the game so of everybody it was in that stadium on Saturday I think he probably put the most amount of effort in in all honesty but um yeah it was it was good to catch up with a few old friends and and you know good good football day out but um not the result we were hoping for, was it really? No. So let's go. In, let's go into the the body of the game, and um, yeah, let's go through it. Going in the right direction now. They fancy a seventh here with Holt. Holt could be in. Holt in, and Holt has scored again. Holt again. High for Holt with five minutes to go. It's Wickham nil. She's behind seven. It doesn't get any better than this. So, as we said at the start of the pod, um, Shrewsbury Town lost 2-1 away at M- um, MK Dons. Um, we conceded in the 5th and 11th minute, and then Humphreys got us a consolation goal at the end of the game yeah. um, in the 90th minute. Um, the attendance was um, 8,322, with a good following from Shrewsbury with 536. I imagine there was obviously a good few Salopians from Shrewsbury and maybe a few London Shrews as well at yeah. the game as well. Um, so, 
obviously we all know about the story and we also know they've got a nice stadium. And what was <laughs> the atmosphere like in there, Glenn? Obviously there was 8,000 of you bouncing around. I mean, it was it was an interesting one. You know, before the match, town fans were in good voice and then obviously probably after about five minutes onwards it was a bit quieter going forward. <laughs> but um, it, it's not the most atmospheric of stadiums. I, I think one of, one of the ways you can actually hear a bit of the atmosphere is um, I, I took my roving mic again out onto the uh, to the game again, Ollie. We've not used it since probably pre-season actually. So, um, no, the Berry game I think was last Oh yeah, it, yeah, we did. I mean, you were there. I forgot about that one, um, but that was a while ago, wasn't it? That was that was last, you know, last year, it wasn't was. it? So um, yeah, so I took that down there and hoping to just get a bit of the atmosphere and, and sort of talk about the day and getting down there and then maybe try and get an interview at half time. So I think it's probably worth playing that in there because it will give you an idea of what the atmosphere is, and then I'll tell you what I think <laughs> coming out the back of it. So uh, I'll play that in now. So here we are, Shrewsbury, about twelve o'clock. We're about to set off for MK Dons for another away trip. Uh, me and just the boy Rory. Are you looking forward to the game today, Rory? Uh, yeah. Should be a good one, so uh, hopefully it'll be another win for Shrewsbury. So, two hours and we'll be in Milton Keynes. So, I arrived at Milton Keynes now. It was about two hours, ten minutes to, to get down here. Um, bit of traffic on the M1. So, uh, yeah, chucking it down in rain now. Not an ideal weather conditions for a game. Um, pretty windy as well, so we'll make our way down there now and uh, try and try and score a ticket. So, just got into the stadium and uh, two changes for town. Um, Payne starts up front ahead of Roberts, who's got a hamstring injury that we didn't really know about, I don't think, but um, we did know about Joe Riley's hamstring injury after the injury uh, last Saturday, and he's replaced by Jack Rimmer. Nice to see Jack back in the starting lineup. So, be interesting to see how they get on. Um, neither of them played all that much in the last few weeks, so uh, yeah, hopefully, two like flight changes, so it should be fine. Um, wind's whipping around this stadium, the uh, town fans are nestled in a little corner. Um, which is not ideal because the rain's blowing in on us, but uh, just gives us something to moan about, doesn't it? You know, classic shoes of town fans, I suppose. But uh, yeah, music blaring and uh, about half an hour away from kick off. Looking forward to it. Four minutes into the game and town are 1 0 behind. Um, quite a good through ball that Brown couldn't cut out, and uh, striker basically received a nice, nice cross about six yards out and just tapped home. I think it was Agard. So not the greatest start from town. Who had started okay for that first couple of minutes, but um, yeah, a lot of work to do now to get back in this. Um, and the life's sort of gone out of the town crowd as well. Not ideal. Um, MK Don's look buoyed by it, so uh, we'll have to see how this goes on. So, 10 minutes in, and it's uh, it's 2 0 to MK Don's. Um, they should have really been 3 0 up. Uh, they had a shot that came off the post with a little while of sprawling. I don't know if he got a touch to it, but it hit the post and, and went, went safe. And then from the resulting corner, came in, really awful marking. Guy was completely free, fired it across goal, and it sort of deflected in. I don't know if it was off one of their players or off one of ours. Could easily have been an OG. Um, but Town's defence have looked absolutely ropey and uh, this could be embarrassing if it keeps up like this. So, yeah, um, fingers crossed we get the next goal or it's going to be game over. So, half-time and it is still 2-0 to MK Dons. Um, I've just uh, bumped into an old friend, Mr Phil Thomas, who's been away in New York for uh, the past few years and he's his first game back in uh, in England watching Shrewsbury play again. And, uh, yeah, a bit like when you went away, really. Phil, Shrewsbury losing as usual. What did you make of the first half? Well, not, not much has changed, Glenn, so I would say it seems that way. You can probably hear this thoroughly depressing song playing in the background, which kind of summed up the first 10 minutes yep. of Salah there. Uh, really disappointing from a Paul Hurst side that has been so strong defensively. Yep. Uh, and, you know, hearing the score, maybe we'll concede one every now and again, but conceding two in 10 minutes was disappointing. Yeah, no ideal. Having said that, the last 10 minutes of the first half, we had a couple of half chances, and it gives you a bit of optimism that we can get something back in the first five minutes. Yep. Maybe we can go on and get something out of this. A point wouldn't be a bad result. No, no, wouldn't be, and uh, we'll have to see how we go on in the second half. Obviously, can't be much worse than the first half. So, uh, yeah, cheers for speaking to us, Phil, and uh, and hopefully we'll get back in it. Pleasure. 
So yeah, just come out of the game now, walking back to the car. Uh, final score was 2-1 to uh, MK Dons. Shrewsbury pulled the late goal back, um, had a bit more pressure in the second half, a couple of half chances, but uh, yeah, late goal by Humphrey. Um, it was a dodged, deflected shot, I think, and he did well, first time shot, and, and popped it home. Uh, but all in all, MK Dons will probably deserve winners. Um, uh, they played us at arm's length. It was very similar to the Bolton game. Town didn't play until the last 20 minutes again, really, and that was their best period of the game, but by then it was probably a bit too late. Um, but we didn't have any debatable penalty chances this time around. So, yeah, a disappointing day out in MK Dons. Um, not with Mooton Kilns, but uh, we shall be back home next week and trying to win again. So, uh, Rory, have you got anything to say about the game today? Um, 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 they scored, we scored at the last minute. They did, and uh, that was about as good as it got really for Salah. Um, so, yeah, we'll have to have a look at the table now and see how it's affected us. But uh, I'll throw it back to myself and Ollie in the studio <laughs> that we don't have. <laughs> So yeah, hopefully, I think you could, you know, in between my ramblings here, a bit of the atmosphere in the background. It's not the uh, most atmospheric of stadiums, I'll say, Ali, um, especially with only 8,000 in. It was pretty quiet, even when they were 2-0 up. Milton Keynes fans don't chant, they don't don't cheer. Shrewsbury fans are a bit down and in the dumps when we went 2-0 down, so there wasn't much atmosphere at all, really. But um, yeah, I think that the, the key thing you can hear in that stadium is just loud, piped-in music uh, on the tannoy system, which is, you know, I suppose it's something, isn't it? But it's not great. It's pretty manufactured in terms of a football atmosphere. So yeah, not not the most atmospheric stadiums. I bet when it's full, it's probably quite good, similar to the Meadow, but um, on a day like that, it wasn't the greatest, mate. Yeah, it says a lot about their um, attenders and also about the club, doesn't it? They did get over 20,000 when they played Bradford, yeah. but they did have a um, big um, promo on then. Um, so, yeah, who knows what the tens will be in 10 years' time, but uh, no, it's a yeah. shame, isn't it? Um, it's not as bad as Doncaster. Um, that was always a, a funny one. <laughs> I also remember Doncaster and losing... Um, they always run out of pies, but, um, yeah. <laughs> Just like the meadow. Yeah, like, let's not talk about pies in the meadow. Um, well, actually, at least at Doncaster, it was full, but... Um, <laughs> Yeah, um, so yeah, so I guess that was that. And yeah, so first half, anything else to add to your comments there? You've been on the first half. Yeah, I think I just kind of went through, didn't I, with the, the changes to the team. And, and you know, we were, it said, just quickly, sort of the one we didn't suspect really is worth just covering is Roberts was out injured, wasn't he? And obviously he played yeah. last week, and, and we all knew Riley was out with a hamstring injury. But it's a bit of a worry to know that Roberts has got a, a hamstring injury. And uh, I mean, I can talk about the sort of game at the end of it, but I certainly felt like he was pretty missed. Um, you know, particularly with direct running up front and his skills and his pace. So, you know, that's going to be a bit of a miss, isn't it, if Roberts is out for any significant period of time? Yeah, I was, I was always do. I watched the extended highlights, and there was quite a few times where the wingers were quite frustrated. There was quite, um, where, and also were a few times where Brown got frustrated, where he felt like he was going a bit down in a cul de sac. And I guess there wasn't that, was a, a bit of a gap. Obviously, one of the advantages of playing Roberts is he's, he plays as a bit of a nine and a half, doesn't he? You know, he he plays as a striker and he drops into the gaps. Yeah. Was any was was Ladipo or um, Payne dropping back, or they're both playing as out and out strikers? Uh, yeah, it's one of the things I've got on the agenda to talk about is uh, Payne's performance in particular. But and we'll go through the details of the game in a bit more in detail in a minute. But I think it's probably worth covering it in areas. I think Payne and, and Lapado are more, you know, your, your typical number nines. You know, they want to stay up there, they want to get involved, they want to get on the end of crosses. Playing both types of those players is not really going to get us very far, I don't think. And Lepardo tried his hardest, but he was pretty isolated. Didn't really get much service from the wingers who were, who were quiet in the game. For me, Payne was a, a huge disappointment, considering this was his big chance to stake a, a place in the team. You know, with, with Roberts out injured, you know, he probably had the slightly higher reputation when he came in, so he would have expected to be starting. He looked, and, and I've spoke to a few people around it, he looked pretty lazy, looked disinterested at times, and he obviously got subbed off first, which 
kind of put a pay to it. But um, if that was his chance, he did not take it with with any kind of grip. And um, I would not be surprised to see Roberts come straight back into his fit on Saturday or on Tuesday or Saturday. Um, and we're definitely going to need to see more from Payne. I thought he was he didn't want to chase balls down. He he never really sort of got in the right positions. Like unlike Roberts, he wasn't making runs in behind the back as much as as, as you know as much as Roberts was. So it was difficult for our midfielders to try and pick something out. He just yeah, he was a bit of a bit of a wet blanket really in, in, in all honesty for his sort of first you know long period of play for the med- for the games for, for the town so yeah that that wasn't great and that didn't help us at all really and, and was part of the reason why we didn't you know do too well in the first half so um yeah you'll have to you'll have to view me next you have to see him at your next game and make your own judgment but uh initial signs weren't too good for me yeah I was, I was, when i was looking back and preparing for the pod i saw he came off after room 63 minutes mm. and, yeah from obviously what you're saying there it doesn't sound like he impressed and um one of the things that Hurst definitely demands, isn't it, is his hard work and yeah. it doesn't sound surprised then that he came off and I guess it's either a lesson for him if he does start in the two games this week. Um, but yeah, it's a shame that Roberts was out um, and obviously Riley both having hamstring injuries. Um, be good to get in that training ground. A few more muscle injuries is not good. Um, mm. And yeah, obviously the the warmer weather is coming back so hopefully the meta pitch can improve a bit but no muscle injuries is not a good one um, no. so yeah right, I noticed that Riley's only out for a couple of weeks though which is we have, that's the news yeah. we had this week while we were sort of you know in between podcasts so if Riley's only out for a couple of weeks hopefully it's only a couple of weeks for Roberts and, and I think we'll get to it later on but I think there was indications he might be back quicker than that maybe before in the next two home games so fingers crossed he is and it hasn't affected his form because he was flying wasn't he before he got injured so yeah hopefully we'll be back as soon as possible yeah yeah so um, so on onto the game really going going through forward you know for a bit more details from the the audio that we recorded um we had a good first 45 seconds Ollie. i don't know, <laughs> I don't know if you saw the extended highlights but uh, we had the first good shot of the game wally sort of drove in and, and shot just over and who knows if that had gone in i could have seen you know it being a different game i had the vibe that if we'd have gone ahead that the um the mk dons crowd could easily have turned because you know they seemed like a pretty miserable bunch but unfortunately it was it was obviously them that got the best start and um it didn't take them long till the they got the first goal, four or five minutes, wasn't it? And um, yeah, you've seen the highlights as well. You know, before I say what I think about it, having been there, what did you make of it from the from the match highlights, Ollie? Um, I thought it was a, a nice goal. You know, um, it was a very very nice ball, and they got behind um, Brown, who set their winger off. Um, decent cross into the box and kind of hit us on the break. I'd, I guess the the one thing there's always some element of a goal you can unless someone scores a a worldie from forty yards. Um, but even then you could say maybe someone should have trapped him down but yeah Toto kind of let his man go yeah, he was quite definitely. far away from the guy when he tapped into the back of the net but it was a good goal I can't really blame Brown um, it was a fantastic ball and he was caught at a funny angle um, so I can't really blame Brown for that I think it was a good goal um, what was your view live watching the game yeah it's, it's interesting because on the highlights it looks like Brown messes up but um, we were sitting right in line it was down the, the end that Shrewsbury fans were sitting at and we were, uh, you know, I was sitting right in line with the ball and the, the amount of check and spin that was put on the through ball it was brilliant it sort of just caught so nicely that the sort of the, the, the winger could run onto it and that Brown was sort of slightly deceived by where it was going to end up so yeah I, mean, I haven't really got too much criticism of Brown like you but I, I do think Toto was left one in, in the middle uh, it, or even Sadler it depends on who was supposed to be picking up Agar I mean it was Toto most of the rest of the game, so it probably is man to be having. Yeah, it was Agard. Yeah, it was um, Toto. Yeah, so uh, wasn't wasn't great to see, and, and we can talk about Toto's performance in a little bit because he wasn't great generally through the whole game. Agard gave him a lot of trouble, but um, yeah, he wasn't going to miss from there, and, and he's a decent striker, isn't he? So wasn't the greatest start, and we were hoping that we'd regroup quickly, but unfortunately that didn't happen. We we suddenly just went to pot for about five minutes, um, and they sort of had a few more attacks, and, and we had to sort of ride a bit of the pressure. And yeah, the second goal wasn't long in coming really, and it, and it had been coming. And just just before they scored, 
they had a um, they had a shot from the edge of the box that hit the post and then rolled along the line and again sort of spanned back out for for a corner and and I think Lutweiler got like just a little bit of fingers to it which is why it went out for a corner so it was a good save actually from Lutweiler that um so they almost went two 0 up and then obviously from the next corner you've seen what happened crossed to the back post completely unmarked dropped a shoulder went past Toto again who, who got left a, left a little bit for dead again he didn't do didn't cover himself in any glory there. Um, and it was sort of fired back across to us in the stadium it looked like it took a deflection but when you look at the replay it looks like he just sort of kind of weirdly arced and curved its way in didn't it so um, yeah 2-0 down after 10 minutes and we were, we were all a bit worried but um, yeah I don't know do you think that got, took a deflection or not like, you can't really tell can you yeah it's interesting you asked me to look um, to obviously as I normally do um, check Paul Hurst's uh, post-match comments and he mentions it, it hits Grimmer. And yeah, I, okay. I didn't think it had. So I actually went back and watched the highlights again, and it does. Because at oh, first okay. I was furious, going, like, what on earth has Luke Viola done? He's got hit at such a sharp angle there. But yeah, it, it's like a cross into the box, hits Grimmer on the back, and goes into the back of the net. So mm. unfortunate. Um, interesting, you mentioned Toto at fault for the second goal. Um, he was also miles away from the striker when he hit the post. Yes, he was. So yeah, I think. One of the things um, is always interesting. We listen to Shropshire Radio, and they were saying that in the town were I don't like the cliche, but you know, still asleep mm. or no, not awake. And there were the cliches they were using to kind of explain why Shrewsbury had started the game so badly. I think that I mean, in the first couple of challenges Toto had with Agar, it was quite clear that he was going to probably boss him a little bit more than anyone we've played so far. He was a big, tall, strong bloke that mid uh, the the player for MK Dons, and. Um, I think it just shook Toto up a little bit for the first time and he didn't quite know how to deal with it. And not just that, he was also you know, physically stronger than him, but he also had pace on Toto as well. So I think it just, just Toto was just that little bit unsettled that, that it gave MK Dons that little bit of breathing room to to expose some of his weaknesses in that first 10-15 minutes. And, and he had a lot of other bits and pieces that went on in the game that he did quite well. But you know, by then, when you've sort of been involved in the first two goals and you've not covered yourself in too much glory, it's, it's a long way back really for a central defender. And they, they kept a clean sheet after that, so that was that was impressive, I suppose. But um, yeah, it was, it was strange. We've not seen that from Toto, so I think, again, you've got to look at the positives that we've had since he came into the defence and, and the good work that there's been going on. Um, so I'm not really going to throw the book at him for that, but it, just, it wasn't great to see on Saturday. No, it was frustrating. Um, and interestingly, they hadn't scored in three games, so um, it sounded like they came out of all guns blazing and obviously set their stall out to, to get an early goal. Yeah, yeah, they did. So that was a bit of not too surprising in the sense that obviously they, they started well and they were keen because they were on a massive slump uh, falling down the league. Uh, obviously, you know, coming down for the championship, none of their fans expected them to, to be where they are. So, uh, yeah, it was a good start to the game for, for MK Dons. Mm, it was quite a bit of... Um... It was quite a bit of uh, sort of umming and ahhing from their fans. Even when they were 2-0 up, when their players made mistakes and stuff, there was quite a lot of like, mm, and you know, you could tell they were going through a bad patch. And, you know, I, I briefly talked about MK Dons. I don't think they were any very good, Ollie. You know, they, they came at us in that first 10 minutes and the middle bit of the game was just the whole rest of the first half and second half was pretty dull. There wasn't really anything between the two teams. It was two, again, two poorish teams sort of battling out at the bottom of the table. Um, so it's frustrating to have lost to a poor team, but... Um, yeah, I think we could talk about our away form really because that's another that's another slight concern, isn't it? But um, yeah, I mean, I mean, going through the rest of the first half, uh, the, the sorry, going back to the second goal, I, one of the things that a few town fans were me were moaning about, and, and I couldn't see it because it was miles away from us. But a couple of guys did spot, but while the ball was being taken, it wasn't in you know the quadrant for taking the corner. And again, mm-hmm. I've seen some pictures online today. I mean, does that, does that bother you too much, Ollie? Do you think that shouldn't, you know, do you think goals should be ruled out for that sort of thing? It is cheating. Technically, it shouldn't have been there. But for me, the accuracy between putting a ball into the box from it being in the quadrant and it being one foot outside the quadrant is 
negligible and it, you know a ref should have spotted it and not and made him take it again yeah fair enough but it didn't really affect the way we badly defended it so it's not really too much of a concern for me i don't know what you think about it yeah it's, it's like um it's one of my it's little not a pet hate a bigger pet hate i have is um, people taking foul throws and the mm. referee kind of is playing on but i guess you know it's almost like when um it's similar to also isn't it when a goalkeeper's doing a, a free kick um, in their own half, just I don't, just outside the penalty area, and the fans start shouting, "Oi!" It's like one yard forward. Like, yeah, he's, gonna, he's kicking it eighty yards. <laughs> it's not going to make any difference. So, I think it's it's not good. It's not what you really want to see players cheating and trying to take a little bit of advantage. But yeah, like you said, you know, he's swinging it into the box a couple yeah. of inches. It ain't going to make that much difference. Um, so, no. not good to see. But um, yeah, we can't really use that as an excuse for um, why we lost the game. No, and, and I know there was a penalty shout near the end, which we'll come to talk about in a bit. But general referee was pretty down the middle with his decisions. It's pretty pretty fifty fifty. Considering some of the referees we've had recently, Ollie, that we've talked about, where we we do feel like we've had a rough end of the green, and we've had some terrible decisions since Christmas as well, haven't we? There wasn't really, you know, there wasn't really too much to to complain about in his overall performance, other than the sort of penalty shout. But. Um, yeah, another one. Another one that concerns for me in the first half and, and leading into second half during this sort of say after they scored the second, so that was ten minutes in, it sort of descended into sort of a a bit of a different game. They stopped pushing us as much as they were in the first ten minutes. I think they thought the game was won, so they just played us arms length and were, and were more content to hit us on the break, Ollie. And a bit like I know you didn't go to Bolton, but I explained it at the Bolton game. It was, it was very similar to that that they thought we're two 0 up here quite early on. We don't need to keep pushing it because Shrewsbury are reasonably good on the break as well. We'll just sit back and absorb a bit of the pressure, let the town have, let Shrewsbury have a little bit more of the ball, and and we'll try and get a third on the break. And they did a couple of times, you know, they they almost got in, um, and we we struggled to create any chances really. So a lot of that was really the midfield had a lot of the ball, but they didn't really do anything with it. To me, they just sort of went a bit missing. To be honest, with you, in the first half and, and into the second half, and Deegan had a bit of the ball, but didn't really sort of create anything from it. And and Yates again sat deep like we talked about last week and wasn't the most creative, probably a little bit better than Deegan this week rather than what it was the other way around. So there was a lot of pointing going on at one point. I was like, what are you pointing at? <laughs> you haven't, this is, you know, they've been pointing for about five minutes doing all this different, you need to be here, you need to be there. And maybe Hurst had given them an instruction, but didn't really seem to change the game in all honesty. And we, we sort of resorted to long balls a little bit as well at times, which was, which again, in a four four two is easy option, isn't it? When you've got two guys up front, you can hope you're going to hit one of them. But, um, yeah, it, it wasn't really. And we only had one really good chance, which again, I think you probably see in the highlights, was where sort of ball got crossed in. I think it was Grimm who made a good overlap and it fell to Payne at the back post and he, he took a touch and laid it off neatly to Rodman and he sort of went for a shot to the right-hand side of the goal and it just went wide. He actually should have tested the keeper at least. So that was our sort of best chance of it. Um, uh, but other than that, we didn't really we didn't really create all too much in the first half and, and that was it. We, we sort of trudged off and town fans were pretty thinking it was game over already. Yeah, disappointing. Um, disappointing first half. Um, yeah, not much not much else else I can add for that, no, I guess. No. Moving on to the second half. Um, did we come out better? Did we start the game with... Um, did you think that there was a bit of a riot act at half-time? Uh, obviously, I guess one question, actually. One Sorry, one question I did want to ask you. I think that's the worst half we've had under Hurst? Um... I mean, I've not been at all the games, have I, nor have you? We've missed a few each, haven't we, where we've not been too good. Yeah. Um, I guess Fleetwood, I'm thinking, is yeah, probably one of the worst I, I still think, <laughs> I still think Fleetwood was probably worse, yeah. But that's because of my... <laughs> well, I can't remember, did we play away under... We played away under... Away yeah, under we played away on a Tuesday night. Yeah, that, that game was infinitely worse than Saturday. It was just... It wasn't... You know, town weren't devastatingly bad on Saturday. You know, it's, it's not fair to say that that was it. We were, we were, you know, we were putting the relegation form in that we were under Mellon. That isn't fair. They, you know, they they tried and they probed, but there just was a lack of quality. But we weren't playing a team that were very good either, in my view. You know, a team that was struggling. So, 
that that was the disappointment appointment part of it really. And, and in terms of the second half, it didn't. There wasn't any noticeable change in the way we played after after half time. Um, we came back out and. Um, you know, an early goal could have changed things, to be honest with you, and, and it could have got the crowd, MK Dons, you know, on their back, and it definitely could have changed things. But it just descended into that pattern again of them leaving us a little bit at arm's length, and we would have a bit more of the ball, but unable to create too many chances. And and then on the break to start the second half, they had three pretty good chances to sort of kill the game off and wasted them, which you kind of think hopefully they've wasted those chances. Maybe it's going to come back our way, but um, no, it, it wasn't. When when we got some chances, it was one that came across to Freddie, a sort of across from Wally. And he just wasn't expecting it. Hit him on the shins and bounced out, and that was right in front of the town friends. And they were getting frustrated then. Um, and then they uh, did you see on the highlights, Ollie, that there was the chance where Lookweller came running out to Edra's box and got lobbed? Did you see that yeah, one? Yeah, I don't know why <laughs> did he come out. Yeah, you couldn't really tell from the highlights why he'd come out. We'd had a corner, and we'd had a good chance from the corner actually. I can't remember it was, and it, it got blocked, I think, or something like that. And they broke on us, which is what they were doing, as I say, trying to play us on the counter attack. And they were two on two, so um, the one the the one of the two that they had going forward was trying to. You know, knock a ball through for the other guy and he had the pace on the defenders so Lutz had to come out and tr- at least make a challenge but unfortunately he timed it completely wrong the, the striker nipped up first headed it over him um, and luckily for us he headed it wide and Brown was sort of running back and shielded out but yeah it could easily have been 3-0 there and um, yeah, and that wasn't too good really and then after that yeah Payne, Payne went off on about 60 minutes and you know that was fair enough I think he went off for um, Humphrey uh, and then the game sort of meandered on there wasn't really much going on we made two more subs we brought on AJ and Dodds for Lapardo and Rodman um and yeah and just the game sort of just kept meandering Ollie really and then um yeah we we obviously had a, the late penalty shout I had not seen the the replay of this Ollie and at the time I you know no one really appealed for it in the stadium was that on the extended highlights you saw this this disputed penalty we should have got yeah I thought it was a penalty no right okay. um, you know he just ran into he just ran into Humphrey um, made no real attempt to kind of win the ball mm. um, yeah I thought it was a penalty yeah that's interesting as I say I it sort of you know even though it was there you know it sort of passed me by really I didn't, didn't really see it too much and I don't remember town fans getting too outraged about it it was down our end so I imagine we was it seen was it, it quite far, was it down our end oh, okay. yeah but it was we were sort of like if we were the sort of um, Left-hand side of the pitch behind the goal, if you will, and it was on the right-hand side of the pitch where the, where the challenge was made, wasn't it? So, and we were kind yeah. of looking across the seats and the goal. So, yeah, I don't know. So, a bit of a hard luck story there, by the sounds of it. But then uh, we, we we then the funny thing was again, like Bolton, I'd say, Ollie, is that when we made those final two substitutions, we did play a lot better actually, and we probably had the best of the last. 15-20 minutes and we did deserve a goal from that last 15-20 minutes um, I think that Humphrey put a bit more effort in than Payne was doing um, Dodds also was a bit more direct than, than what we'd had before and, and we did play a bit better there and, and the goal was deserved Humphreys had missed one good chance um, which was probably harder than the goal he scored um, and he, he fired it over the bar which was a bit frustrating and then he did actually show it was, it was literally just going into injury time when he scored because um, if you listen to the replay, if you listen to the highlights, it's like the man on the tannoy is just announcing the injury time. Um, so we never we didn't know how much yeah. injury time there was because we were all celebrating. So um, yeah, it was a good it was a good finish. To be fair, the goal it sort of got deflected from uh, Rodman. Um, was it Rodman? I can't remember. Now. Was it Wally Rodman? Either one of them who didn't go off, and it just fell nicely to him, and he sort of just swivelled and hit it first time. It was a real neat striker's finish, to be honest with you. So. It was a good goal, good finish, wasn't it? Yeah, no, it was. It was obviously good reactions to the defle- to the deflected shot from Wally, um, and then yeah, a nice little kind of like little trick, kind of like to the yeah. side of his the outside of his boot, and then he just Wally's into the back of the net. It's a really good strike. Um, so yeah, no, it was a decent finish, and yeah, I guess. Do you think that was a fair result overall? And you know, does that you know, do you think that was what was deserved after a poor start to the game? Yes, it probably was. You you know, I'm I'm of the view that you know people will say, well, we had a lot of the ball during that 60 minute spell in the middle of the game, and and we 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 had a go, and 
but we were never really on top or convincing and, and for me you deserve to lose if you're going to cough up two girly goals in in a game and, and it hasn't mm-hmm. been happening too much recently and, and MK Dons were probably the best better team of it um, I saw a few other sort of people over the media Shootown media were saying it was probably a fair result I think Lewis Cox and I think Danny maybe said it on the radio so uh, on one not Danny I think it was one of the sort of co-commentators so I think that yeah, yeah it probably was a deserved loss unfortunately I mean even after even after we scored the, the goal and we thought well we might get this sort of few last minutes now to pump it in the box they, they played it pretty well and actually they broke on us and again and, and again had another two on two and Lutwider made two brilliant saves right at the end like literally last minute he, he made one save at a, a low shot that came straight at him but the rebound, because it was straight and he palmed it away, and the rebound went straight back to the striker, and he just stood tall again and, and then made a second save like seconds later. So I, I thought he was pretty good, Lutwider, in, in what he had to do on Saturday. He made, made some saves that kept it down. So, um, yeah, that was it. And then it was the final whistle, and we shuffled out, and I ran back to the car because it was raining. So <laughs> that's why I sounded out of breath. That's why I sounded out of breath on that audio piece that we did, because we were walking across a dual carriage in the rain. I was like, let's just get back to the car, mate, and to be certain. And, uh, yeah, so that was it. Um, two one, game over. And in general, just not a, not a very entertaining game, in all honesty. And two poor teams. I still don't think Milton Keynes are out of relegation trouble. Ollie, I haven't watched that. You know, they've they've scraped a victory against yep. us, but they've got harder games coming up in the next three games than we have. So we could easily be back, you know, chasing their tails again. So I wouldn't count them out of it yet, mate. No, I guess not. And I guess one thing that's worth mentioning, worth having a debate about, is um, someone um, on I won't name the name, um, but someone on, on Twitter said to um, said to Lewis Cox, um, should we start asking questions of our away form? Yeah, I saw that. Um, and I, 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 I kind of weighed in. I kind of just joined in, and I don't think we can. And I think the home form is so magnificent that you know Hurst is kind of, you know, is doing a fantastic job. And I was also looking at the teams that we've played. So we've played ten away games in the league under Hurst, mm. and of those ten games, we've played um, Sheffield United away, Fleetwood away, um, we've played Millwall away, Bolton away, Scunthorpe away as well. Yeah, you know, and they're some good teams. Okay. You can say that Southend, um, um, Rochdale, uh, sorry, Southend, um, Swindon, Gillingham um, are, you know, relegation fights. And obviously now MK yeah. Dons are in that as well. But out of those, you know, 60% of those games, I would say you'd probably expect not to win. Um, so I think that's, I think we've had actually had quite a tough start um, to the um, under Perhurst reign with his away games. Mm. So I think it's a, Bit unfair. Well, I don't know what's your view on it. So we've now averaged less than a point a game now, point nine in away games. What's your view on on that yeah, kind of point, that topic? It's not great, is it? That that record, in all honesty, when you look at it in terms of games, isn't it? Like we, you say, we have a maximum of thirty points, haven't we? We've got like nine out of thirty away from home, which you know is it does show how much we're struggling, doesn't it? Something like that. It might be nine or eleven. I can't remember what that that stat was, but um, yeah, uh, out of thirty you, games, we've got eight. I think. Oh, eight was that. it? Okay, yeah. Again, that's not not too good. But I'll check. A few, a few of those um, away games were on Tuesday night games as well, which are horrible. You know, trip to Fleetwood, a horrible Tuesday night trip to Peterborough. That you know, it's hard to get going for those games, isn't it? Really, sometimes I think when you're an away team, so that didn't really help either. But yeah, you you can ask some questions in in all honesty. But then on the flip side, in in those ten games, we haven't really been walloped by anyone, have we? We and we've also beaten some good teams in that run. So yep. yeah, it's something that definitely needs to improve. And and for me, it was just it was a real lack of I don't know. They just as you say, they just didn't wake up on Saturday until it was too late, um, and that they didn't wake up until the last twenty minutes, basically. And and I think there's a sort of repeating pattern that that's happened in a few games away from home. And so maybe it's something he needs to look at because it's obviously something that's you know raised his yeah. head in the last ten games. But um, it's not something to worry about unless we you know lose two back to back home games and we're now needing a win away from home. So hopefully we will put it right because we've got next two home games at home, haven't we? Uh, next two games at home. So 
we'll put it right then and not worry about the away form until next year. It's, it's one of those things, isn't it? I think the home form has been so magnificent, and I don't think we can criticise her. So no. It's an interesting point, um, but I think it's a, a tad harsh given the games we have played. But yeah, hopefully with um, the, the coming up away games, we can pick up a few more points on the road, and hopefully, obviously, we keep the meadow um, as a fortress that we've built, and we can keep on going there. Yeah, I mean, I was just thinking about the game again now, about any other performances of players it's probably worth mentioning, as I sort of mentioned um, a few of the people that stood out. It was nice to have Grimmer back, I have to say. I think he, he slotted in well in, in place of Riley, who's been impressive in the last few weeks, and he didn't really do too much wrong, Grimmer. He didn't probably overlap as much as Riley. I think he's, I don't know if you'd agree, I think Grimmer's a slightly more defensive centre-back than right-back uh, right than, than Riley is. Riley's been bombing on the last few weeks, whereas Grimmer's maybe to do with fitness or something, I don't know, he didn't do it too much in the first half. He did a little bit more in the second half, but um, he's going to be an adequate replacement, Grimmer, in terms of the next couple of weeks while Riley's out, so... That was good to see. Um, Sadler was, was was solid, more solid to the centre backs, I suppose. Brown didn't have a bad game either, really, considering you know we only let the two goals in, and, and he was part of sort of a, quite a solid unit after we let the two goals in. So, yeah, that that was that really, I suppose. I, it was nice to see AJ Leachsmith getting a run out as well. I know he's one of your sort, you, you quite like him, don't you? So he got a bit bit again another run out. Whether he'll be pushing for a starting place soon, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I was going to ask you actually, how did he get on? Um, did he was there any notable highlights? There was nothing. I saw nothing in the highlights um, of his contribution. He didn't really do anything um, as, as the highlights showed. But anything worth noting there? He, he put the required effort in. That's all you can really say. He ran and chased the balls he needed yeah. to chase. He didn't really get any, any opportunities to do anything too much on the ball. Um, a couple of neat passes, but um, yeah, it's just nice, nice to see him back because he's probably obviously had a terrible season with injury, hasn't he? So um, you don't like to see any of your players suffering, suffering that sort of thing, or, you know, recurring injuries. So good to see him back, really. So, so that was it, really. I, is, I don't know. Is there anything else you've got to say from the highlights you saw? Or should we move no. on to the top three? No, no, yeah, just worth interesting, interesting to understand your top three. Yeah, I, and I'm. It was a difficult one this picking the top three this week because, as I've just mentioned, there was sort of briefly touched on all the players. No one really excelled in the game. Um, everyone was really was basically a bit average, and and all of them made errors in the game. You know, whether it was passing or getting caught on the ball or not being quick enough to pick up players. You know, not tight marking all that sort of thing. So I've, I, even though I wasn't overly convinced with him last week, I, I've given it to Yates this week, um, who I hadn't mentioned because I knew I was going to mention him in the top three and. Again, for a young lad, he's, he's, seeming to, he's seeming to take the responsibility of playing in the central midfield, even if it is a role, like we said last week, that he's not comfortable in. He, he was quite neat on the ball. He, he was one of the ones that was, you know, of, of very few players that were playing the sort of neater attacking passes going forward. He, he tried to get out with the, the play as much as he could, considering he was playing deep. I just thought he was neat, yeah. and, and that's what made me plump for him, really. I thought he, he thought he didn't really put a foot wrong in terms of his overall performance, and, you know, he didn't get substituted, which shows you that Paul Hurst obviously appreciated the work he was putting in, so... Um, considering he's got Morris on the bench as a, as a legitimate option, and when you're 2 0 down and chasing a game, you know, he might have been one of the ones he might have been looking to replace. So, yeah, I gave it Yates this week, which is surprising considering what I said last week. Um, I just mentioned him a minute ago, Grimmer, I gave second place because it was just nice to see him get back in the team, settle in, and be comfortable. And then, yeah, third, I gave to Lutweiler, but again, let two goals in, but couldn't really do too much about either of those goals at, the, at close range. And actually, made, you know, again, made four or five good saves in the game that kept them from being further ahead so um, yeah I like Lutweiler I thought he had a good game so that was my top three really a bit different to normal yep no it was an interesting one yeah good to see Lutweiler back in obviously yeah. after a, a few weeks where we've given him a bit of criticism so yeah it was good to see and interestingly Yates has um, been in there so I've missed quite a few games now I'm a bit of a fair weather it. fan um, in um, in February <laughs> so yeah I'm looking forward to going back getting back to a few games and yeah interesting to see um, a few times I'm hoping that um, Roberts will be back 
Yes. Because um, I think he'll be much needed for for Tuesday night. Um, so yeah, it'll be good to good to see what the starting lineup is. Yeah, um, yeah. It's saying, just going back to that Robertson, AJ Leach Smith, and Payne thing. It, it is interesting to think if the AJ Leach Smith is fully fit now. You know, if you want a light for light replacement with Roberts, you're probably better off playing Smith than Payne. In all honesty, so be interested to see if 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 Roberts doesn't make it for Tuesday night, who he actually plumps for, because. You know, AJ Lee's yep. got, to have, got to have a good shout at playing in there, or even Dodds. If you, I just don't think that Payne and Lopardo is going to work, but I'm no, to be proved wrong as usual. So, in terms of what did Paul Hurst say, um, he's said that did we deserve anything from the game? He said not really. He said we gave <laughs> us gave us ourselves a mountain to climb. He said the first goal was a good goal for them and a clever yeah. set play. Um, he was adamant it should have been a penalty. Yeah, okay. Um, and he said oddly, and um, we created enough chances to get something from the game. But he um, he says you know we can't um, we, we can't have that many mistakes and also no. below the levels what we expected. So it'd be interesting to see what response we get from the team um, on Tuesday. Yeah, it's interesting. That I, I always find those ones interesting where the manager says we create enough chances to get something out of the game, but that only really counts if the other team didn't have any other chances on top of the two goals that they scored and they had numerous chances to, to go further goals ahead. In all honesty, so. Yeah, if we'd have took our chances, fine. We might have got two goals, but if they'd have took their chances, they probably could have got five. So, and and you know, there wasn't there wasn't any chance of us letting five goals in against them because we we just about scrapped, scrabbled away the chances they had. All looked well, they made good saves, but um, yeah, I always find it interesting when managers say that because you can always you can always play the hard luck story. But I don't think I don't think Hurst is doing that. I think he was just trying to obviously trying to give the press the positives that it wasn't you know let's not go away and panic again because. We've now got yep. to go back home. We've been doing okay, so um, yeah, that's quite interesting. I noticed this week, Ollie. We've had a, we've had a you know we, talking about the three word match reports. We've not got it this week, have we? Because I think I, I just should say because it's been your birthday this week, hasn't it, Ollie? So maybe your focus has been elsewhere in, over the weekend, and rightly so. You've had a holiday, and we should say happy birthday to you, mate. So there we go. We won't talk about how old you are, but um, yeah, I noticed that uh, Mr. Jay Humphrey of BT Sports stole your idea on Saturday night. He was asking fans from around the country to send their three word match reports in about other, about games that have been going on around the country. So, so I think, Ollie, you're going to have to get your lawyers involved here and you're going to have to <laughs> go to BT and try and get some money out of them because, you know, that was, that's was that been your idea all season, Ollie, and I don't think it's on. <laughs> it just shows how far and wide the podcast is listened to. So I guess we can take the positives um, from that. Look, yeah, now even, now, now even seasoned professionals are, are listening to, to the podcast. So exactly. Interesting to see. Oh, dear, there we go. Um, but, um, yeah, so no no three-minute national report this week. So there we go. I think we've kind of covered no. that game off. Um Un- I would, an unlucky, it would have been a bit sorry. dangerous maybe to have done it while I was driving so yeah don't text <laughs> and drive so um, yeah very but true but no maybe we'll do one on Tuesday and Saturday and yeah see what people have to say yeah good stuff so yeah we'll, we'll leave the game there then uh, I think that's kind of covered it for anyone who wasn't there and we shall um, we yep. shall move on to sign up news Jake Sedgemore then another man who scored against Barnet um, just over a week ago Sedgemore had a really good game at right back deputising for Moss and what a penalty sends the keeper the wrong way and it's 2-0 to the town on penalties okay so Salop news so Callum Burton has gone on loan down the road to Telford um interesting to see him get some t- game time and obviously a decent level to go to yep. um I did see. I was just obviously listening to Shropshire Radio, and obviously they had a good start to the game. Unfortunately, I think they lost in the end, didn't they? It was two one or somewhere. Yeah, like I think it was. Yeah, Lee Hughes um, scored again for them. But I did see a picture. I think you posted this online, Glenn, where it looked like he had a quite a, he had quite an eventful game and a few tasty challenges. It wasn't me, Ollie. I don't know what you're talking about. So I, I don't okay, know I saw someone post a picture on Twitter and looked like someone was going in on him. Um, yeah, right. Almost like you know he was on the ground and a player was kind of going on top of him. Maybe it was Lewis. 
Cox who posted it. Yeah, it might be. Well, in all um, seriousness, yeah. Ollie, if, if you're a young lad like, playing your first game at a sort of conference, conference north, aren't they? Conference north level. Yeah. You probably, if you were a big striker who's been playing that level for a while, you'd go flying into him and give him, give him a, a reality yeah. check of what level of football he's playing at now. And say, hey, all right, lad, you're not playing reserve football anymore. So, um, yeah, but I, I saw a few other things on on Twitter and on, and on Facebook saying he had a good debut and Telford fans were pretty impressed with him. Impressive that he's gone in there and taken the first, you know, first team goalkeeper's duties on straight away. You know, that's good for a young lad to be doing that at that level. So hopefully he impresses like a lot of our loan players have done um, this season. You know, we had Anderson obviously out on loan and probably worth mentioning Ethan Jones got his first goal for Stourbridge as well, Ollie. I don't know if you saw that. So he's he's off the mark for them as well. So, yeah, so it's good to see them out there doing well. For me, it's interesting. I mean, I don't know why Telford don't loan players off a lot more, off us a lot more. You know, we've got talented youth players and, and you know, they've struggled for years now. And I'm, I, I doubt, you know, if you, if you look back to when we played them in the... Um, you know, the Shropshire Senior Cup a few years ago, we played an entire youth team, didn't we? And, and they beat them like we was did. It 2-1 or something like that. And I've always thought, why don't Telford just try and forge bigger links with us now? You know, the days of them being on a level with us are, are, are gone. And not to say they might not come back. We might get relegated to League One. They might get back in the conference. It might not... So, you know, it might come back. I hope it doesn't. You know, there we go. I'm not not got a lot of love for, for Telford. But if I was a Telford manager, managing director or someone on their board of the trust, I'd be thinking there's a football club down there with a lot of talent we could we could try and sort of get get a grip of it. And it also helps us out, doesn't it? Getting players like Callum Burton or, you know, Jones or whoever out on loan to Telford. It's not too far away. They can train at Shrewsbury if we want to keep an eye on them. It, it makes sense for both parties. So... To me, it'd be good if it was the start of something a little bit more because it's very rarely happened in the in the time I've been a town fan. We we probably only loaned them like less than ten players in in fifteen twenty years, which is mad, really. Um, so yeah, hopefully it leads to leads to a bit more of a link. I think so. Yeah, it's a good point, and also um, it actually also increases the interest for you because. I bloody hate listening to about Telford on Shots Radio. <laughs> it does my head in. Um, I often twitch um, out of out of the BBC Shop Show and back in again when I'm talking about Telford because it's so boring. Especially their old manager used to go on and on and on, which is a bit ironic because I'm going on and on now. But, what was his name? Yeah, I can't no, remember. Be good to s- I can't remember his name. He used no, to no, whinge no, like he mad. He was so boring. Just carry on talking. But yeah, it's. I think it's a good one. I think, you know, as you, like you said, we can still train at our own club um, our own yeah. tr- in the week and they can go there and play. So no, it's, it's a good one. And yeah, hopefully we can have a few more. And, and like I said, it makes it a bit more interesting, doesn't it, to hear if we've got a few Shrewsbury players. Um on loan there it makes us a bit more interesting for us here at the game yeah. so that's a good one we don't want to wish them too well though Ollie they are rivals no we don't want to play them <laughs> well, in, I don't in know. Other we fashion. say that but it would be good it would be good to actually have some rivals because Wrexham mm. I've only I've, I've seen us I've been to away at Wrexham once um, and we haven't played them for years so while it's sometimes it's quite funny to laugh at Telford and stuff it would be good to have some proper local rivals rather than Hereford and people like that in other counties. Um, it'd be good to, I think Re- the Wrexham rival would be a good one if we could kind of, that could be re- um, reborn. Um, but, I, yeah. yeah. I was never really bothered about Telford as a, as a rivalry until we, we were in the conference no, with them that year. Small, Their fans were a bunch of morons that season in all honesty and they, they, they absolutely hate us. They really hate us. Like we're just like, oh, it's Telford and they call us the sewer rats and all this sort of thing and I'm just a bit like, Do they? well, I sp- yeah, it didn't even know that. Yeah, that's their nickname for Shrewsbury Town fans is the sewer rats. So, um, yeah, there we go. I don't know. You don't even know where that comes from. But um, yeah, so I've not got a lot of time for them. But if it's, it's it's helping our players, then fine. If it helps their club, I don't mind. So let's leave that. Let's leave the Telford bashing there. I think. But um, exactly. it's been a 
bit of a quiet week for Shrewsbury Town News, isn't it? We briefly mentioned the injury update with Riley. And I noticed yeah. that Brian Cardwell had put a couple of videos online updating bits and pieces, but in all honesty, I've been on half term this week and I haven't <laughs> I haven't watched his videos. So apologies about listened. that, Brian. <laughs> I don't listen to those anymore. Not when he when he called us negative. That was oh, well, no. On all seriousness, I haven't listened. No. Um, haven't so maybe I'll we'll catch up on them next week to see what he said. But um, yeah, the main bit of news was something that fans have been asking for for ages. And I, God knows why. To be honest with you, I suppose it's, it's it is good in in the long run for for financial reasons. But uh, we've got another concert to be held at the Game Meadow. Following out on John, they've now got Rod Stewart. I mean. Not my taste in music. I, I went to Elton John because I think, you know, iconic and all that sort of thing. I don't Elton know. John's a legend, yeah. Yeah, I, for I, me, Rod Stewart's I wish not I'd been to a legend. to go to see that one. Mm. But, but Rod Stewart ain't the kind of legend that I'd like. I, I, no. don't, I can't think of it, any of his music, and I'm sure if he was any good, I would have listened to him. So um, that's what I'll say <laughs> on that. I'm sure that's going to upset a few people, but it yeah, ain't my taste in music. Um, but um, Our fan base is a bit older, isn't it, in general? So I think that he's probably got a lot yeah. of fans in Shrewsbury, and it'll definitely sell out, and it'll make the club a lot of money. But again, oh, yeah, it's good for the club, get some money and all that, and buy some more players if that's if we get enough money to do that. So yeah, it's all good, isn't it? Good use of the, the, the stadium. He's not going to have the little in place for a pre-match, you know, post pre-concert bit of food. It won't be built by then, unfortunately, for Roth. He'll have to go without. But um, yeah, um, yeah, it, it's going to be good to see uh, good to see another venue you know, concert being held at the venue, and maybe again it gets our name out there as a as a potential venue for other acts that people might be interested in. And it's it's a difficult sell, isn't it? Shrewsbury Town. It's very very difficult to try and find people to come here but fair play to the guys that did got it done and I think that there's certain members of staff at the football club that probably deserve some praise for it so well done the football club good to see the commercial team doing some work off the field that's going to benefit us in the long run so yeah. I won't be going I'm sure there'll be ton, tons of town fans that are but uh, yeah there we go it's good isn't it all yeah it is good yeah good stuff and that was it really we haven't really got any other news but obviously it's been a bit of an interesting week in football hasn't it Ollie with um, you know everyone is sort of I think we talked about it in the in the sort of pre-season episodes we did about Leicester City and the way that they'd sort of made everyone sort of start liking Premiership football again that fell out of love with it and obviously nine months later it's ended in a bit of a disaster and uh, we were just going to have a quick chat about it weren't we Ollie because it's, it is the big news of the week and there's some parallels for me in, in the way that someone who's iconic left Leicester City and, and maybe when we left Turner but what were your initial thoughts on what, what's gone on mate? I think it's uh, disgraceful uh, <laughs> to be honest um, I think it just shows um, how there is absolutely no loyalty in the game at all, um, and I think the, the the statements that have come out from the club don't just seem a bit weak. I I was follow I follow quite a lot of football journalists on Twitter, so it's quite interesting. You get a sense of what they think or what they hear, um, and a lot of them in the last few weeks have been mentioning that the players have been complaining to the board. Mm. And it's interesting. Me and my girlfriend, me and my girlfriend often talk about like different things about football. And we were chatting about this, and she was um, quite adamant. No, I don't believe the players would do that. I don't think they would go and talk to him. And then it's interesting. Peter Smichael, Peter Smichael, Casper Smichael was um, on Five Live talking about um, Ranieri and saying none of the players were going behind the manager's back. And as soon as the um, interview had finished, um, Beck said. Yeah, that's bullshit. <laughs> he yeah. definitely—that's just nonsense. You could, so she said, she wasn't convinced by him at all. And it took two days for the players to come out and start saying um, about Ranieri. And I also heard quite a few things about how the players didn't like how Ranieri got all the plaudits and everyone was liking him. Mm. Um, and yeah, I think it's—I think it's disrespectful for players to go and talk to the the owners of the club behind their backs behind the manager's back I think there should be a certain hierarchy in clubs and yeah I think it's disgraceful I think he should have been given the season and I think even given the chance to bring them back up if he had taken them down yep. but for yep. me 
Ranieri just sounds like he made a few odd choices and stuff and I've probably maybe been too loyal to the players but yeah I think the players have let themselves down and there's a few they were playing against Swansea on Sky a few weeks ago um, and they were not tracking at all the goals they conceded were horrendous um, and yeah um, I thought I thought it was a really poor sacking and shows a lack of class and interestingly now actually I think well Leicester were everyone's kind of favourite team you know, um, in the yeah, I would say now that actually I'd quite like to see them get relegated. Yeah, loads of people um, said that, didn't they? What's your view on it? Yeah, I, as I say loads of people said that they'd like to see them get relegated. It's, it's interesting. I think I've mentioned once on the podcast that a neighbour of mine is a journalist for the West Midlands Football, and he was following mm-hmm. Leicester City this week when they went out to Sevilla. Um, and he told, and, I, and I've been at a children's birthday party, and he's been there today, and he was just giving me a bit of a, a bit of a sort of feel for what had gone on. And um, none of the journalists knew what was coming. None of none of them who follow Leicester City knew what was coming. And um, you know, I, I'm reading between the lines, but I'm I'm 100 percent sure um, that their that the players knifed him in the back and went to the, went to the board or went to the directors, whatever it is, about what had been going on, and, and they got him the sack. So I think I feel pretty similar to you. It's a bit, it's a bit strange, isn't it, in terms of. It's just sad, isn't it? It's sort of the end of end of quite a good good story that everyone was sort of positive about. And you know, I'm no Leicester City fan. I was last year when they were doing what they were doing. But um, yeah, it's sad for sad for some sad for it to have ended like it did, really. But for me, it was interesting about parallels because obviously we've got our own iconic manager that you know got us two championships. Not the same as winning the Premiership, obviously. But for Shrewsbury Town fans, it's just as good in terms of Graham Turner. And obviously, it's only been a few years since. We went through a similar situation where he was in poor form and just couldn't get any tune out of the team, and it was pretty obvious that we were heading down and change was needed. And and looking back, if that's the the way that Shrewsbury Town dealt with that, and the way that Graham Turner dealt with that in terms of you know leaving in a nice way and 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 retaining your links with the football club and not falling out, um, you know, with with, with the with the director, you know, with with the board or whatever, with with obviously with Roland, and and then still doing interviews afterwards about his time at the football club with the football club. We did quite well with our iconic manager when he left compared to Leicester City. So, yeah, I thought that was, was the first thing I thought of, really, when I sort of th- thought about Ranieri. But, yeah, there we go. It's been an interesting week. I thought it was worth talking about. Ollie. You sounded like a proper football journalist talking about that. So, well done. <laughs> yeah, and also one other thing as well, which um, kind of ended with a, um, a sour taste in everyone's mouth, was um, did you watch the FA Cup in the week on Monday? Um, the Sutton oh, yeah. United-Arsenal game. And what? Yeah, the I thought I thought that was... I felt really sorry for Sutton because, and also it's really interesting from the manager. Their managers um, seems pretty good talking to me. He makes quite a few good comments, and he was just um, very upset that yeah, the kind of <laughs> this is not meant to disappoint, but the aftertaste um, mm. of obviously the story is everyone's going to remember. Oh yeah, that fat bloke ate a pie in the, <laughs> in the dugout rather than what a magical, magical story it was. And obviously mm. interesting as well. Obviously Lincoln are doing fantastically well as well. Um, so yeah, I don't know what, you, what did you make of that. What was your kind of thoughts on um, on what they've been they've coined Pygate? Uh, I, I honestly didn't really follow it too much, in all honesty, because it just was sort of. I, I was quite busy last weekend. Obviously, I was went to the town game, and then Sunday I was quite busy. I sort of caught up a little bit in the week about what had gone on. He seemed quite naive, that guy though. He obviously did a lot of stuff yeah. with the sun, and so I don't think there's blame on one behalf or the other. It just seems to have been a bit of a weird situation, and he seems to unfortunately got caught up in it and has lost his job. But I, I, I wasn't really. I was sort of keeping up to date with it. But the most interesting thing. I found it yesterday it was and you might not know this Sutton played away at Torquay United 
and they didn't have a goalkeeper on yep. the bench, and their goalkeeper no, got injured after six. Their goalkeeper got injured after sixteen minutes. They played an outfield player a goal and still won three two at Torquay. Yeah. So in essence, they didn't really need that fat bloke because they could just put any outfield no. player a goal and still win. So he's he's not just to end the week of sort of misery for the guy. It's kind of ended up like thinking we didn't really need him in the first place. So yeah, hope, hopefully he goes on to live his life and doesn't have to deal with this crap for the rest of his life because he's obviously been no. in the centre of a storm for a week, which probably hasn't been too good for him. But uh, yeah, interesting story nonetheless, though. Ollie. That's what football's all about isn't it there's there's never a week yeah. goes by without some mad story coming up so who knows what next week will bring us so i think that, that you know we've gone a bit off off topic with Shrewsbury town this week but we were trying to we we're trying to think of some interest well there's been some interesting stories that we're talking about so um yeah yeah it was a good chat that ollie so i think we'll move on to the predictions now speak here's brown again look for the return ball david macon get there summerfield it's there hendry on the line couldn't keep it out and the shrewsbury skipper levels it up so, Glynn versus Ollie, the prediction competition that has ground to a halt in the last few weeks with no points for either of us, Ollie. But, um, yeah, last week we had the um, the honour of predicting the score at MK Dons and you went for a 1-1 draw and I went for a 1-0 win. So, we were obviously too positive as usual. Um, so, no points. So, it still stands Ollie 25, me 21. So, it's going to go to the wire this season, Ollie, isn't it? I think in terms of, I think so. in terms of who wins this one. So, Yes, we'll see if anyone can make a move this week. We're going to predict the result for the Coventry game. Um, but just well, we'll come back to that. Actually, I was going to talk about the game on Tuesday night as well, but we'll do the Saturday game first. But um, yeah, yes, I am going to go for us to beat Coventry. I think they are done. I think they're relegated pretty much. I don't think they'll get out of trouble. Um, and I think that um, we'll get an early-ish goal, and their heads will drop like ours were when we were in our bad run, and we'll probably go. I'm still convinced we're going to beat someone two or three nil. Um, so again, I'm going to stick to my guns and go. I'm going to go two nil. To Shrewsbury. Well, that's what I was going to go for as well, actually. I was oh, okay, going to go for a 2-0 win for Town. Win for town. So, yep, we've both gone for the same um, there. And obviously, a big game, um, Coventry. Um, so, I'm hoping that, yeah, we'll get a win there. And hopefully, everyone else won't get so many points. And we can kind of claw a kind of make... I guess we did lose this week, but we still got that four-point gap to the yeah. relegation zone. Obviously, Berry caught us up and they're only one point behind us and we dropped down a place. Um, but, yeah, obviously, Charlton Athletic. So I actually went to the away Charlton Athletic game, so it's a bit did, odd yeah. that I'm not going to the home game. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I don't know. What's your thoughts here on these two games, bringing them together? Obviously, two crucial wins. Um, maybe mm. we can get Charlton. Obviously, Charlton are a bit hit and miss. They're mid-table. Um what do you expect from this game? Yeah, to me, it's almost like it's it's not the next two games. It's actually sort of a little bunch of three now between now and the 11th of March where we've got Charlton mid-table, yep. Coventry bottom pretty much, and then again, one of the teams around us, Chesterfield. So this is a sort of um, a good little sort of three games to test ourselves and, and really, really, we'd be hoping to push ourselves away from relegation trouble with these three games. You know, Charlton's the hardest of them on Tuesday night, but they've got to come all the way from London on a Tuesday night and that always unsettles teams a lot of the time. So I'd like to think that we'll put a good performance in on Tuesday and at least at least get a point out of that one. I think we should put Coventry to bed and then obviously we go away trying to amend the home the, the away form problems and good a place to go as any Chesterfield, isn't it? They're, they're sort of up and down like, like, like they have been all season really. So I'd like to think that we could take at least four to six points out of the next three games and I think that would probably be par for staying up and I think we'd be pretty comfortable if we can if we can do that so um yeah I, I think we'll we'll at least win one or one or at least two of them I think, I think I'm pretty confident that we're still in good form despite what happened to MK Dons yeah no definitely so are you able to go to these games which games are you uh, able to go are you going to all of them both of them none of them 
it's a bit annoying. I'm going to go, funnily enough, I'm not going to the next one, which is Charlton. Um, it's on Tuesday night, and I unfortunately have some meetings in Penrith, <laughs> of all places, so I won't be around Tuesday on Tuesday night, and there's no chance of getting back from Penrith from the game. So um, that's a bit unfortunate, but I'm going to go to the game on Saturday, so that'll be fine, and also I'm going to go to Chesterfield as well. So I'll be doing two of the three, um, and I think we've got someone lined up to come on with us next week uh, who's going to be going to the Charlton game, because I know you said before you can't make it either, can you, Wally? So yeah. next week we'll have, we'll have three guests, we'll have a guest on, so there'll be three of us covering all three games, and we'll have been to all three of them between us, so that'll be good. Yeah, so I can't go to the, the Charlton game. I've got to go to, um, oh, we've got a factory and um, a factory and office and team in the Netherlands, so I'm going to Amsterdam. No. Um, and then, yeah, I should be going, I'm definitely going to the, the Saturday game, and I think actually I'll go to the Chesterfield one as well. Um, yeah. While I'm going to try and reduce my alcohol intake and do more running, <laughs> and there is a very good pub that sells... Um, they did sell Burton Bridge Brewery, which is a fantastic brewery in Burton, um, oh, nice. in a, near the ground, walking distance to the ground. So I think I might go to Chesterfield and yeah, hopefully we can get some revenge um, in that game. So, yeah, quite a few interesting games coming up, um, a lot of winnable ties. So, yeah, hopefully we can um, have some more positive pods um in the next few weeks yeah I mean we've been positive in the last few weeks haven't we in general I'm still I'm still pretty positive you know again I'm just yeah, definitely. it's going to be the odd blip here and there and I think MK Dons was one and we still didn't lose by you know more than one goal so there's lots of positives for the team to have taken away from that game in terms of the actual result um, and once we get past this next three games Ollie, we're into the last eight games and you know those games come thick and fast then through Easter don't they so it's it's going to be done sooner or later you know it's going to be uh, it's going to be done this season in a, in a month or so's time and we're going to be Wondering where we end up, but I'm I'm still I'm still in the you know having got out the the problems of thinking we were nailed on to get relegated, and we both said under Mellon we thought we were going to get relegated, didn't we? But yeah. I know I'm firmly in the firmly in the camp that I think Paul Hurst is going to keep us up, and um, yeah, I, I, well we shall see. The next three games will be pretty defining, I think. So fingers crossed that we win them all, and everyone can just stop stop worrying for the rest of the season. Okay, so yeah, I guess we'll call it a day there. Thanks, guys, for listening. Um, and yeah, we'll be back after two home games um, next weekend. Nice one. Cheers, Ollie. Speak to you next week. Oh!